0: You're going to need a bigger boat. Toto,
1: i have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore.
2: Surely you can't be serious.
1: I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. I'm going to make him an offer he can't Say
0: hello to my little friend.
2: Hi, this is Noel T. Manning II, and you are listening to Cinema Scene on 88.3 WGWG, online WGWG.org. I am a member of the Broadcast Film Critics Association, and each week we have guests and we have hosts, and we just have a blast talking about movies. And I got to say, I am very happy to have a guest that we've had on this show before. It's been a while, but Beth Grant, who is an actress, and she has appeared in Over a hundred feature films and television roles. Beth, thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Oh, no, it's my pleasure. And you're in my part of the country.
2: I know. Well, I I know North Carolina's got a special connection to you, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that as well. And I've got to ask you, you know, doing the research on you, and I remember doing the research on you before, and the last time we talked was uh, when uh, the film No Country for Old Men was up for an Oscar. So it's been a few years. And uh, I just continue to see your your body of work just growing and growing and growing. Oh. And do you know how many how many films and TV shows you've been in? Have you been able to keep track? I don't.
1: I mean, I know there are
2: a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Too know
1: That's what happens if you live long enough and you, and you just keep going. They will hire you. They can't get rid of you. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, so- I know I've done, I think you're right, maybe 80 feature films. Somebody told me that the other day, 80-something, and then countless TV guest appearances. probably a hundred of those, and plays, I love to do plays, too, and I think my career started in 1972, and it really didn't take off until 86, so... Slow and steady wins the race.
2: Well, now, now the uh, now the North Carolina connection that goes back to uh, now you were at East Carolina University, is that right?
1: I sure was, and I lived in Charlotte. Okay. Um, for three years, we lived. Uh, we moved from Atlanta, and uh, I went east over grammar school, and then we moved out to. Um, I forgot the name of the section, but Montclair was the name of the high school. May I guess it was Montclair? Okay. And uh, in fact, I ran into someone, I was doing an interview for Mindy Project, the series I'm doing, and I ran into someone who had gone to Montclair Elementary, and we just squealed like little girls who were so excited. (laughs) (laughs) That's
2: great. That's great. We couldn't
1: believe we'd run into somebody else from there. And uh, then I grew up in Wilmington, and we moved to Wilmington when I was 11, and then I spent the rest of my time in Wilmington. I went to high school in Wilmington.
2: Okay. And uh, now East Carolina University, uh, what what degree did you seek there?
1: I got a bachelor of fine arts in acting and directing.
2: Had a minor in
1: English, and uh, it was a great education. Honestly, I just was very, very lucky. I had gone to uh, the governor's school in went Salem.
0: Yes, it yes. was only
1: one at that time right. in, in drama, and they had uh, highly recommended East Carolina as being a very professional uh, department drama department. At that time, they um, and it was uh, they Edgar Lassine, he was no longer with us. Badly, but he um, was the head of the department and he brought in a lot of his friends from New York to teach. So our teachers, we might not have them for the whole four years, but uh, they would come in for a year. And we would have these professionals who were actually working in New York. So it was fantastic to get that experience. And we made friends with them. And we did a world premiere of our, I mean, with Lenny play. Um uh, and that was because of his friendship. He had gone to Gale with Romulus, and they had worked at the Actors Studio together in New York. So um, that's why they were friends and why we were able to get that world premiere. And that was really the start of my career because I was lucky. I never got any leads in college, and I barely got in any of the plays, except my senior year I got the lead in that world premiere and made friends with Romulus and lived on the Upper West Side where he lived and uh, eventually did that play in New York. Wow. And so, it was actually my first uh, start. Wow. And then I stayed in stay an apartment that the costume designer owned. He was away during in first and So he let me stay for free in New York for three months, which is pretty amazing. Most kids don't get that start when they get to New York. They don't have a free place to stay. No, so, no, not at all. <laughs>
2: wow. That was
1: pretty helpful. I was still poor as a church mouse, trust me. <laughs> I
2: don't know how I did it. <laughs> Well, you know, one of the things I get a chance to do is I teach, uh, do adjunct teaching film studies at uh, Gardner Webb University, which is in, oh. uh, here in Bowling Springs, North Carolina. Wonderful. And um, I tell students, I'm like, it's really all about the networking and it's about internships. And it's about taking advantage of those opportunities because that's what's going to kind of pave your way and that's going to get your foot in the door. And, yeah. and I've told students right. if you can take internships and do those things for free, do them because you're getting the mm-hmm. experience, and people are seeing what you're capable of, whether it's whether it's in front of the camera or behind the camera. And um, I
1: it. I've done tons of things for free, and I still do plays. That pay very little, if anything. And uh, I always have. I did an internship at Universal in producing. I didn't get paid anything, but I was there for. Um, nine months and I learned all about film when I first got out here from New York Yeah, and I went there every day from nine to five and I'd catch the bus you know I was living in Hollywood and we only had one car and I would take the bus and then my husband would pick me up at the gate at the end of the day and then I went to my job that paid not much at a film school at night I was the uh, nighttime registrar and you know receptionist and so I had two jobs I was that was when I was twenty-five, and one paid, one didn't. One didn't pay much, but paid something. <laughs> right,
2: right, yeah. Wow. Uh, now,
1: and uh, yeah, and then other. I did also a um, very low-paid job at tw- at you know, twentieth uh, Century Fox. I mean, you just have to do that if you really want it. That's the truth. And Darren Starr, here's the best story, better than my story, is that when I was working in production for George Slaughter Productions. I met um, a mom of a student at UCLA, and she said, he's looking for an internship, could you help him out? I said, we can't pay, and she said, that's okay. It was Darren Starr.
0: Darren
1: Starr, who created 902.1. Yeah, yeah. He was my intern, and when he was a senior at UCLA, and he worked so hard, he was so good, and he used that experience and those connections to get his first job, which was in... Uh, publicity, and then while he was working in publicity, that's when he wrote a couple of scripts, got a movie made, and I remember having lunch with him the day before he went to pitch nine hundred two one zero to spe- uh, Spelling. He said, "I think I'm going to get in television." Wow! And he did. <laughs>
2: wow! It's got to be uh, pretty amazing for you to be able to to see because you've been in the you've been in the business for for a number of years. You started a little later than some, but you've been in it for a number of years now. And you, you've been able to probably be a mentor and serve kind of in an encouraging role to others as well that are in the industry. Um, that's got to be pretty, pretty cool for you to be able to see that happen.
1: Well, I've, never, I've always shied away from, a, um, I would say, a, an official mentorship thing because, um, you know, it's just... I think everybody has to make their own way, and I think everybody needs a lot of mentors. You can't put all your eggs in one basket. I always tell people when they talk to me that, like, well, you know, you can't think, well, this is the person that's going to make it happen. That won't happen. But if you seek people that will, you know, teach you, I think that's the right attitude. And right. and um, so yes, I many 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 people, and I was late getting to the acting. I didn't start acting full time until. I, let's see, that was 1986, and I guess I was 35, before I really started acting full-time. But all those other years, I was working, and I produced a documentary
2: for the White House
1: Council on Aging, and I always had something going on. I wrote a comedy review for the Improv, you know. Right. It was I was always project to project to project. Right. Many different, and I was meeting people all along, so... If you're, I mean, especially I think for character actors, we are kind of late starters, at least my type. We kind of, I play the same age now that I played when I was in high school. That's
2: great. That's great. So
1: I had to get old enough for the role.
2: Well, let me ask you now for listeners who, who may not understand the term character actor, explain that term and what that means.
1: Well, it's kind of changed a little bit. In the old days, there used to be characters that always did the same thing every, you say, let's call Joe Smith. He does, he's the guy that does the funny face with the so-and-so. And they would just throw him in the movie and whatever, wrong well, he was pretty much the same. But over time, it started to change and has become now, I think it's a very high calling. And many more leads now do character work uh, than used to be. Right. It, it's so frustrating because I'm at my age when I'm in my prime and I'm doing great, but now, all these glamorous movie stars are older, and they've started doing character work, roles that maybe could be my role. Right,
2: ah, I see.
1: <laughs> uh, what it means to me is that every actor sort of should be a character actor, in other
2: words. But,
1: but it's, the, it's those of us who, who really transform, who really get into our roles so completely that we're practically invisible, and our joy is to, you know, find all the interesting details for these characters so that you don't really see Death Grant, you know, so much. Right. You see the character. And that that's what I'm always thrilled about. Now, of course, I've been found out in this last five or ten years because people start putting the pieces together and figuring it out. But like No Country for Old Men, I don't think that most people, if they didn't really know my body of work, they wouldn't know me okay and no control men because i had you know the silver wig and the big glasses and age makeup and then i had a they gave me a bags of beans in my bra <laughs> <laughs> uh, right and i had a, a certainly dressed a certain way and my walk was very slow i had a very particular west texas accent right and uh attitude and i was you know dying of cancer and on prednisone and i found out what that was all about you know so that and it was a pocketbook that I kept in my lap in that taxi cab, you know,
0: right. very
1: specific choices. So, I mean, I think all actors, you know, aspire to that to some degree. But those of us that are character people, I think we're more unusual looking and we kind of go into those characters.
2: Well, I I, I, I have, I'm sorry?
1: I said more fully. We go into them more fully. Gotcha. I, I have than someone
2: that just sort of plays themselves in different roles. Right, right, right. Well, I, I have really loved watching you over the years, and everything from uh, from the X Files to to Donnie Darko uh, to just it's, it's, it, as I said when I, we talk about your body of work, it is really amazing. And uh, what are for you some of those key roles? over the course of your career so far. And we're not talking about the end of your career. You're still going strong. But so far, what are those roles that stand out to you as roles where you're like, you know, I'm glad, I'm really happy I did that?
1: Well, you named two right away. The No Cut for Men and um, Donnie Darko is one of my absolute favorites. I think that they are both masterpieces. It's funny, the other day I was quoted saying they were masterpieces, and what I had said was that they were masterpieces, but somehow the quote came out that they were my masterpieces. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, I can quite take credit for that. Right, right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I do think that they are, you know, in terms of filmmaking, they are, they are just amazing films. And then I've been as lucky enough to see so many other very, very great films, and let's uh, see, characters I really love. Well, they're sorted live which is a cult film. I don't know if your listeners will know the film, but boy, talk about some funny redneck humor. It is, uh, you know, maybe cinematically not a a very famous film, but in terms of characters and story and humor, uh, extremely popular, especially in the gay community. It's the story of a gay guy who's coming out to his redneck Texas family.
2: Yeah, that was a... And I
1: I play one of his aunts, too- and it's Bonnie Bedelia, Delta Burke, uh, Bo Bridges, and uh, who am I Olivia Newton-John. And, so it, it, and it has become a big cult favorite. So, and I love that character because she's very much like my grandmother. And she's trying to quit smoking, and her sisters die having an affair with Bo Bridges. And just wild, wild funny stuff. So that's one I
2: love. Yeah, that was back from uh, two, 2008. You, I think you played, was your character's name Sissy? Sissy Icky. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh, so I've really enjoyed her. And, and we did a series, too. We did a television series that lasted uh, one season for Logo. Um, so, you know, she's kind of lived on.
2: Right, right.
1: And, and then the movie that I'm doing this weekend, we're going to be in Atlanta. I don't know when you're airing your show, but we're doing a movie called Blues for Willard Dean that the same writer did that Octavia Spencer stars in.
2: Yes, yes.
1: And Dale Dickey from Winter's Bone and True Blood is in it. And we're all going to be in Atlanta trying to raise money for the California uh, Coalition Against Domestic Violence. And it's it's a more serious, so it still has Dale Shore's humor but uh, and blues music, but it, it really is... Um, Uh, an issue-oriented film. Wow. It's about a woman who gets
2: trapped in that situation. Okay. You mentioned Octavia. Um, We had Octavia as a guest here. um, It was last year, uh, right before the Academy Awards, and it was wonderful to talk to her. Uh, Oh, isn't she great? She is Oh, just just a wonderful, wonderful person. Have you ever worked with Octavia before?
1: Oh, yes, we did. Well, the play... We did A Time to Kill together. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's and, right. And But, of course, I, was, I didn't really know her while we were shooting that movie, but I'm friends with Sandy, and she got to be friends with Sandy, and Sandra Bullock, I mean. Right. And uh, Sandy wrote a short called Making Sandwiches for both of us that she was in with Matthew McConaughey. And we shot it here in Ventura and Octavia, and that whole crowd came out to California. And we did a short together in Octavia and my daughter really hit it all. My daughter's in her second year at Juilliard now, and um, Octavia was her special friend in grammar school. Yeah, she came to school with her special friend, and uh, we've stayed in touch with her all along. And then she met Del Shores, who wrote this movie, Blues Willie Bean, and he wrote the play for us. It was under a different title. It was called Trials and Tribulations of a Trailer Trash Housewife. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and
1: uh, it's, it, I know, it's, in fact, the reason we changed the title is exactly because of your reaction, because everybody <laughs> thought it was a comedy.
2: Right, right, yeah.
1: It is a comedy, but, but the salesperson felt we shouldn't misrepresent, gotcha. you know, the movie. Right, right. So, um, what else? Oh, yeah, and then we, so we did the play together. We ran that for seven months, and then she's in a movie that I directed, a short film, um, called The Perfect Fit. Okay. And we shot that two years ago, and it won the audience award at Soho International, and won a best ensemble for uh, Independent Women Women Women's Independent Festival. I'm trying to think of the actual name <laughs> here in LA. Wow. And, uh, so I got to direct her, and I made her look real pretty. That was my goal. I wanted her to look pretty because people don't realize how beautiful she is. Well, yeah. I guess they realize it more now that she has an Oscar. Right. She's got right. to dress up all that last year, but before that. She was
2: a character actor, you know. Oh yeah, matter of fact, my kids loved her, and uh, she she played a witch in The Wizards of Waverly Place, and so my kids made sure I asked her a question about that, and I got Octavia to do her witch's laugh, and uh, it was it was it was so much fun. She was just she was just so much fun to to, to talk to about that. Yeah, she's a uh, sweetheart, and
1: she's written two uh, young adult novels. One's out now, and then she's writing another one. I think wow. she's on deadline
2: right now, actually. <laughs> wow, wow. It is uh, it is wonderful, the, the people you're able to meet in this business and um, the the friends you're able to to develop, the friendships you're able to develop as well uh, just over yeah. the years. And uh, I just, uh, once again, going kind of back to your body of work, you know you've done, you mentioned plays, you do TV, you do film, and you talk about directing as well. Is there is there one element of that you enjoy more than the other, or do you enjoy them all as much, but but in different ways?
1: I would say I like them all as much, but in different ways. I don't think I'll direct again. I might, but I really just wanted to have the experience of it. Right. And I wanted to direct Octavia, my daughter's in it. I wanted to direct my daughter. Wow. So, and I feel very proud of the film. I think it's a beautiful little film. But I don't. I'm not inspired to do that. Um, gotcha. It's a it's a real deal and really it made me realize how much training I needed to make a feature, you know. So um, I would eliminate that from the picture. But I love acting. I just love it. I love being somebody else. Whenever they ask me, you know, just do something, I think, ah, okay, that's what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the character I'm doing on the movie project right now is, uh, you know, this crazy old nurse that drinks 40 malt, malt liquors and Uh, May have smoked pot while nursing in the office, you know, Uh, and punched her in the nose, broke her boss's nose. I mean, she's a crusty old gal, and I just, I have a blast playing her. But I just, I like the variations. I like doing all these different kinds of characters. I had the great honor this year. You talk about directors. I worked with James Franco, who is an unbelievable director. He had so much coverage he used you know two cameras which is the norm now but he just got so many different angles on every scene and he had such a uh, great attitude on the set and kept everybody's energy going and he knew what he wanted he had done a test uh, of the movie before so he was very clear and yet he was very collaborative and uh, completely willing to work with us if we had any special requests or anything that we you know, wanted to suggest he would listen to us, you know, and I just loved him beyond measure. I just thought he was, uh, I always hesitate to take talking to superlatives, and you know, as Southerners, we do talk into superlatives. Right. So I want to say he's the best director, and so I'll stop just short of that, even though that is what I feel.
2: Wow, wow. <laughs> but
1: he certainly is, is a great, great, great director, and I think he's going to have an
0: incredible
1: career as a director, He's directing another feature right now, and he has another one. He did Cormac McCarthy's *Child of God* that's coming out. Right. But I got to do, and drum roll please. As a Southern woman, I got to play Addie Bundren in *As I Lay Dying*. Wow. And James adapted it and directed it, and it's done. They're finishing it right now. They're locking picture right now. Wow. And so I haven't seen it, but a friend of mine was able to see it. He was working, you know, in the post-production and, and it's a bit stunning. And I feel sure it is because I, you could just see that this guy knew what he was doing. He loved the novel. He had loved it since he was a teenager. And he, I'm sure that he was able to, it's a very tricky novel because as you know, it was written in the voices of all the different characters.
0: Right, right. And
1: so it's very tricky, but yeah. Uh, we think he's found a way. So it's very exciting, and then I'm supposed to do another movie with him uh, now, sometime now. this next year. So, very excited about him as a director.
2: Well, as I lay dying, that's uh, the William Faulkner uh, novel, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't say Faulkner. Yes, yeah, William Faulkner, which for a Southern woman to to do an a iconic William Faulkner oh, yeah. character. I told my husband, I said, if I die now, you be sure and tell him at the memorial service that I was well pleased. <laughs> <laughs> my life went just great. I raised a beautiful daughter who is
2: healthy and wonderful and
1: prospering. I had a great life, and yeah. I played Addie Bundren. <laughs> there you
2: go. You know, it's uh, you know, in Franco, a lot of people don't realize his directing talent. They they recognize him as an actor. I mean, starring in uh, in the film that's really done well this uh, the spring, Oz, the Great and mm-hmm. Powerful. So. You know, to, to hear you talk about him from a director's standpoint is wonderful and I think for our audience to hear that I think that's pretty good oh as well. My.
1: Well, and he's not a dilettante. He's not just some actor that just decided to direct like me, you know. It he studied and he had directed a couple of features just experimenting and then he graduated from UCLA, went to got his masters in at NYU film school while getting his masters at Columbia. Wow. And then got his Ph.D. at Yale, I think he's obtained that degree, and so he's studying, you yeah. know, and he's a painter, and he, he's, he's the real deal. Yes. He, he really does this stuff. It's not just, uh, you know, oh, gosh, I'm a movie star, why don't I direct? Right. And he had made, like, I think 18 shorts before he started directing these features, and he, they're, they're, they're really designed and thought out. And, right. Um, so I'm just, boy, am I on his team. I'll do anything for him, anytime. That's am very excited to see what's going to happen. They'll hear about him. They'll know about his directing. It's just going to start happening
2: there. Right. Yeah, and that's one thing that um, I think is really interesting when you look at, at the history of film, when you find actors and directors that click, and, and you also see it in the, in the rest of the crew, but especially with actors and directors, you start seeing those actors showing up you know in film after film because they just enjoy so much working with each other and are, are there any others that uh, that you've enjoyed working with over the years that whenever you get a chance you're like okay i'm going to work with them if i ever get the opportunity
1: well i know what you mean There are those crowds of actors that work again and again with a director and i have i've had that of course with dale shores with sorted lives and blues from willow dean i worked with him twice
0: and then the series
1: i guess you could say three times um so there's Dell and and, and and then now James. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think. Oh, uh, Greg Garcia. Okay. I worked with Greg Garcia on Coach and then on um, Yes Dear and then on uh, Earl. And uh, so Greg Garcia. There have been several like that that I've worked with them as they moved from project to project. Yeah. Barry Kemp okay. was a dear friend of mine who produced Coach and then also did Delta. With Delta Burke, and then he and I have talked about doing some other projects together, and have discussed some things. We haven't yet, but we've stayed very close friends.
2: Yeah, and Garcia. And
1: my, go ahead. I'm gonna
2: say Garcia. He he's uh, works on Raising Hope now, I believe. Is that right?
1: Uh huh. He just left the show, but he created it, okay. and he was executive producer. And they're just bringing in a new executive producer for next year.
2: Okay. But yeah, and I never did
1: Raising Hope. That's right. He had said I would, but it just didn't work out for whatever reason. It's hard with schedules and things, too, so I don't know if he called and I wasn't available or right. maybe he just forgot the character done. Gotcha. But, um, just, oh, and then I did Justify this year, and Graham Yost created that show uh, for Timothy Olofant, uh with FX, and Graham wrote Steve. Oh, okay. And so I think that's why I got that part, because uh, he called me, and he was they really liked the character, so I'm hoping I'll come back on that. I have a... Uh, the opportunity even though I'm doing a series they said that I, I could do uh, some more guest stars on justified if um the schedule works oh, out. Oh
2: wow, that's great. So
1: I'm hoping that happens.
2: Yeah. Well, we've got So there's
1: a bunch of those like that, you know, that maybe I've worked with once or twice, but I'm not like part of the Stephen Botchko crowd from Carnegie Mellon gotcha, or gotcha. part of the Mammoth crowd from NYU. I right. I don't I don't have that kind of group, but but I would say that I am very dear friends with um, James Franco's crowd, and uh, I love them so much. Rabbit Bandini, and I've known him for many years, and I've known all of them, and I'm getting even closer and closer. So,
2: well, wonderful. Well, Beth, we've I got hope a, that'll be
1: my crowd. <laughs> well,
2: we've got about five minutes. I could talk to you all day, and I definitely want to have Thank you me. back uh, on this show. But uh, in these last five minutes, I just want to give you a chance to talk about anything else that you want to make sure you cover one thing i do want to make sure uh, that we let our listeners know you did mention the film you directed and i would love for our listeners to be able to catch that so would you mention the name of that film again so they could make sure it's they write called that? the
1: perfect fit and it's not available anywhere yet i'm trying to think where will they be able to see it i'll try to get it up on um, youtube
2: okay so
0: great
1: the perfect fit and I'll, I'll work on that because I, I do own it now. I had a grant, so I didn't really own it for a year, but the perfect fit. And I'll get it on YouTube
2: soon. Wonderful. And,
1: and uh, I'll Twitter it also. And, okay. Oh, I have a, yeah, I'd like for people to follow me on Twitter uh, now that I'm doing the Mindy project. My, my handle is Beth Grant, actor. And uh, I'm going to be doing some behind-the-scenes photos and things on Mindy Project as we progress. It'll be fun. I'm just getting started. I'm just learning how to do it. But I plan to do that. Uh, and I'm going to have a, a Facebook page. Right now, my, I, I have all the friends I can have. They have all these stupid rules on Facebook. <laughs> He's my no. friends. Oh,
0: no. And so now
1: you ha- I have to get a fan page, which I hate the name of that because I don't feel like that about my fans. I feel like they're friends.
0: But right.
1: I, I'll be having that soon, too. And, um, and then watch the Mindy Project Tuesday night at 9.30 on Fox. Follow me on Twitter. I'm, I have not stopped. I'm going to keep going. And if you see my brother Bubba from Cary, North Carolina, tell him I said hi. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Beth Grant has been our guest today on Cinema Scene, and we are just uh, so, so happy to be able to speak with her again. And we're definitely going to be having her back if she will agree to come back. And uh, for anyone who wants more information on Beth Grant, uh, you know, check her out on Twitter. That's Beth Grant actor at Beth grant actor. Check her out on Twitter. And you can also find uh, some more information about her on Facebook and you can Google Beth and you'll find all sorts of things there uh, about Beth, including other interviews and just some wonderful stuff out there. And we just really, once again, appreciate you taking the time to talk with us here on 88 three. Well,
1: thank you so much. I give my love and encouragement to all of your students and, um, just
2: to keep on going. I sure will. And Beth, if you would hang on for just a minute, I'll wrap things up and we'll come back and chat for just a couple more minutes. Uh, you have been listening to Cinema Scene on 88.3 WGWG online WGWG.org For Cinema Scene and for Beth Grant, our guest, I'm Noel T. Manning the second, and for this week, that is a wrap.
0: It's alive! What we've got here is
1: failure to new case
0: there's no crying in baseball let's get out of here look emerald city is closer and prettier than ever here's looking at you kid hasta la vista baby